Welcome to 666 Shock Avenue. You're home for all things creepy, terrifying, and indeed, unholy. Join us on this most recent journey to the very pits of hell on 30 minutes on a separate platform, upload to Anchor, and upload to the World Wide Web where all of you can indulge in uh, the weird and otherwise unsavory. Then you mentioned the podcast name, welcome to 666 Shock Avenue. Yeah, there we go. That was a really good one. So yeah, uh, I post on social media that a new... Uh, episode would be coming out today, I don't lie. So here we are. So, uh, since it is over 30 minutes now that I'm able to record and upload, then I am able to uh, cover a little bit more, which is good. And my HP screen laptop, which I use for all note reference, etc., it's giving me grief freezing, etc. Not a very pleasant deal. There it is again. Trying to close out a web page. That is something else. Anyway, so welcome, welcome, welcome. As a format to the show, I don't quite know exactly what. Uh, I guess I just record what I usually record. Matters on, such as horror news, getting back into the thing. And, um, Searching for something that is a more Halloween-oriented topic, since this is the bright month, the month of October. So, um, this is when most new horror uh, authors release books. This is when a plethora of people say, hey, you know, we should release this horror film, maybe it'll make a splash. There have been very few over the years that have made that splash that I liked in the 90s. Uh, even with the 2000s, early 2000s, of course, they had a few good ones. I haven't really seen a very outstanding, amazing film in ages, which is kind of depressing, to say the least. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a really, uh, so anyway, uh, it is almost 2 a.m. on a, uh, I don't know what day is it? I know what day it is. That's how far behind I am. Thursday, October the 7th, 2021. We have 24 days until Halloween is upon all of us. All the ghosts and ghouls will hit the streets, etc. As a matter of fact, uh, Salem, I think it's Salem, Oregon, 
they have this uh, gigantic, gigantic festival. I saw an author friend of mine uh, by the name of E.A. Green. He goes by E.A. Green. Ed Green himself had posted this, said, I so want to go. I looked, there was people portraying, excuse me, Frankenstein uh, and various other uh, cultural horror icons from film, etc. So, you know, hey. <laughs> it, it looks really amazing, and I would so go if I could. So, anyway, uh, let it be known that I am feeling a little under the weather uh, as well, which is never fun and always, always just a severe migraine headache to the nth degree. So, I thought that I would start us off with some celebrity birthdays. Uh, people who were born on this day. Get to the top of this. See which ones exactly that I want to cover. From what era. Uh, if you go to uh, onthisday.com, it'll show all the events for the current day. Uh, so, uh, if there's anyone on here really that stands out, it's Desmond Tutu. Uh, he was born on this day. And Moses Walker, who was the first African American open about his heritage plate. Major League Baseball on the team Toronto Blue Stockings was born in Mount Pleasant, Ohio. He passed away in 1924, but he was born on this day, 1857. And a notable figure, Martha McChesney Berry, American educator. She was obviously very uh, in touch with the needs of others as she founded the Berry School for Children. Uh, she was born near Rome, Georgia, in 1866, and has since left this world in 1942. Uh, Uncle Dave Macon, American vaudeville and Grand Ole Opry banjo player, singer, songwriter, and comedian, born in Smart with two T's, Station, Tennessee. He was born in 1870, his past uh, 1952. Uh, Niels Bohr, a Danish physicist, which a few of you probably know who that is. Born in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, the reason I mentioned him, Nobel Prize winning physicist. Very big deal. And he did some pretty cool things in that field. Chuck Klein, American Baseball Hall of Fame right fielder, Triple Crown 1933, MLB All-Star 1933 and 34, National League MVP in 1932, Philadelphia Phillies, born in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1904. On this day, he passed away in 1958. And of course, uh, we... Uh, I've seen a lot of good baseball players coming to America's pastime, no doubt. Um, America's pastime. And who could forget a lot of the icons from that uh, particular part of America's pastime? 1952, Vladimir Putin. Yes, President and Prime Minister of Russia, born Leningrad, Soviet Union, in 1952. Uh, there was a YouTube video I saw of him singing the Russian National Anthem. He's a pretty good singer. And, you know, 
1959, the world had the pleasure of welcoming Simon Cowell into the world. In 1959, on this day, uh, he's listed as English recording executive and television producer in The X Factor and American Idol. And he was born in none other than London, England. Happy birthday to you, Mr. Cowell. I have enjoyed his uh, his mannerisms as I saw him on uh, American Idol and stuff. And really funny dude. And, you know, but over the years, like, I noticed... Um, he did Britain's Got Talent as well, and he was um, he was nice to somebody who one of the panelists were kind of mean to a couple years before and told him uh, that he needed a singing coach. So this poor kid from the UK, he got a you know a couple years before that, and he he ends up. Uh, just totally getting insulted by this guy. I forget the dude's name at this moment. I should probably research more or write down or something. But Simon Cowell at the end of the kid's performance, which he did uh, Hallelujah, that wonderful, wonderful song that you hear a lot. It was singing Chris Bordell's funeral. Uh, it was sang by Warner Public and his daughter Tony, I believe. Uh, in his honor as well as Chester Bennington's and uh, it was a very emotional thing. That song, I heard there was a sacred chord, David played it, Please the Lord. That song, the kid sang it, he nailed it, very good. And he, uh, Simon Cowell said, well, you got up there and you proved to everyone that you can do it, even when other people said you can, or something along those lines. So, uh, he's actually a pretty, nice guy overall. I think the American Isle thing could have possibly been almost entirely just an act, but I do think that people from the UK have this <clears throat> talent of being blunt. Yes, blunt. I believe that a lot. They speak their mind and they're to the point. Anyone who knows anyone from the UK knows they're very opinionated and they get their point across no matter what. A lot of them have no filter. Uh, I have to say, also, I almost overlooked this, 1968, another great was brought into this world, Thom York from Radiohead. Yeah, <laughs> he was born on this date in Wellingboro, Northamptonshire. Northamptonshire, rather. And finally, 1967, uh, Tony Braxton was born in Severn. Maryland, which I didn't know. She's a Maryland girl. And um, kind of pays to kind of look uh, more into people's history and stuff. So, anyway, on to, uh, you know, we've done the, um, we've covered a few of the people who have died. Yeah, I gave an update for that. And, um, if I can get my computer to cooperate with me. Yeah, this is not a fun time right now. Technical difficulties always have a tendency to really bother me something fierce, and this is no exception. I had it, I closed out the window, shame on me. 
So, um, yeah. But, you know, 2021 has seen no shortage of people passing away. Uh, Norm MacDonald uh, passed away September 14th. Uh, he had cancer. And I believe he kept under wraps for a while. Hardly anyone knew that he was sick at all. Except maybe those closest to him. And you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, why, why, why did that happen? Norm MacDonald, he was such a funny, funny guy. Oh, he was funny. He was great. One of my favorite SNL makers on Weekend Update. And, um, Yep, Norm MacDonald, uh, he would have turned um, another year older on the 17th of this month. Unfortunately, he passed away on the 14th of September. Um, you know, in 10 days, he would have turned a year older. And you know, life is really, really strange like that. In fact, he died after a private nine-year battle with cancer. He is 61. He would have been 62 this year, but unfortunately he didn't get blessed with that extra year. So he never disclosed his diagnosis because he did not want to affect the way that anyone saw him. I had saw, I, I had seen rather on YouTube that he had talked a lot about death and stuff. Um, truly, truly tragic. Uh, Michael K. Williams of uh, The Wire, as a matter of fact, um, was found dead September 6th in his Brooklyn penthouse, apparently from a heroin overdose, Michael K. Williams. And you know, that's a really sad deal. Anyone who loses a battle with addiction, it's not something that I really, really like to hear and think about that it happens. There was no foul play, no force of training. The apartment was in order. It was just simple thing of, you know, he had uh, simply decided to just have a little bit of fun. It went too far and he died. Um, as you know, Sarah Harding um, had bowel cancer and she was a singer and stuff. Uh, she passed away on September 5th at the age of 39 years old. Cancer, 39. Mm, breast cancer, as a matter of fact. And um, died this past Sunday. So, uh, the Real Housewives star of Atlanta star Nene Leakes, husband Greg Leakes, has died of cancer. Um, they make a very lovely couple of the weeks do. And um, Greg had stage 3 colon cancer in 2018, was cancer free uh, following six months of chemo. They pronounced him cancer free. And in June of 2021, uh, it had unfortunately made a comeback. We have um, Charlie Watts, the drummer for the Rolling Stones, passed away August 24th at the age of 80 years old, and uh, he had actually pulled out of the band's rescheduled U.S. tour early in August, as he underwent unspecified but quote-unquote completely successful medical procedure 
Uh, he was a cherished husband, father, and grandfather. And uh, the spokesperson said in a statement following his death, he added that uh, Charlie Watts was quote unquote one of the greatest drummers of his generation. And um, Jackie Mason uh, passed away July 24th at Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan. Uh, Jackie Mason, wow. Uh, very, very big deal. Very funny comedian. And didn't really give a cause of death, but he, he's passed. And I didn't know Jackie Mason had actually died because I don't really go online that much on Google running around the whole thing. I was saddened to hear that on July 16th at Bismarck he passed away. The song Just a Friend. I actually listened to it. He uh, battled uh, diabetes, had complications from it. He was born Marcel, Marcel Theo Hall, and he passed away at the age of 57 at Baltimore Hospital with his wife by his side. He was 57 years old, counting down on 57. That's it for celebrity deaths, and we should probably comb the pages of Bloody Disgusting. Yeah, Bloody Disgusting, that is my go-to for all things horror news related. You have to admit, it's a really, really great site. And uh, this moment, I'd like to take a moment to announce a sponsor. DVDs, games, and more of Lawton, Oklahoma. The show is actually recorded in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, go like their Facebook page, DVDs, games, and more, with an N instead of an hand or the little ampersand thingy. Uh, but yeah, uh, DVDs, games, and more if you need a hand with a special order. Uh, by all means, by all means. Hit up the page, send it a message, and everything. And uh, tell them what you would want, and they will do their best to do it. I know the owner personally, he's a great guy. He'll take care of you. I want to um, start off with um, the headline that I read, How Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 Paved the Way for a New Kind of Horror. To me personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think that Rob Zombie is a um, icon in any way, shape, or form as when it comes to the film industry. Of course, what would I know, right? Well, I'm actually going to uh, try making one of my own in a couple of years. I'll see how far that gets me. I may I criticize the dude more. I think, honestly, that the reason I don't really like Rob Zombie's films is he always has some kind of weird casting flaw. Some character or set of characters or a line or an emotion or an act by an actor, whatever, that just totally kills the overall mood and just totally turns me off to the film. Um, like in The Devil's Rejects, Banjo and Sullivan, I hated that casting choice I did. Now, Bill Mosley, he's a genius. Sherry Moon Zombie, which is Rob Zombie's wife, she's a genius. Sid Haig uh, was a genius. Unfortunately, he did pass, which is sad. Uh, Matthew McGrory, uh, he had passed, and he was 
he was great to have in the film as part of the scenery because he had that certain aura about him. He was pretty much considered, he was classified as a giant, medically speaking, as a giant. So, of course, he was very, very much, um, wow. I mean, he was just this massive presence, no pun intended, and um, perfect for things and everything else. And I really liked his role in House of a Thousand Corpses. I like the beginning of House of a Thousand Corpses. It got to the point to where, uh, when as I watched it more and more, and I, I did watch it a few other times, of course, uh, because I was just kind of like bored or something. It was like the hype thing. Everyone's like, oh yeah, man, House of a Thousand Corpses. Some parts, the, a lot of parts in House of a Thousand Corpses, to me, were really amazing. However, in The Devil's Rejects, that's where it all came down for me. That's where I got severely turned off to Rob Zombie's films. A lot of people, like, as I scout, like, I'm members of some um, horror groups on Facebook. And occasionally the topic of Rob Zombie will come up. And, you know, uh, Facebook has these reactions where you can laugh, you can shed a tear, you can be angry, you can show surprise. Uh, care, you know, like a smiley face hugging a heart, uh, either a heart or a thumbs up, you know, love or like. And, you know, the thing is, anytime Rob Zombie's mentioned, he's become more of a running joke than actual person who got in there, got it done, and actually made something happen. And, you know, when he started touching the Halloween films, that's where a lot of people drew the line. Because they're like, how on earth can you mess with, uh, the Halloween franchise, you know, and really, I don't see how anyone could have taken him seriously as a filmmaker when he made the first Halloween, let alone, and I see now, the second Halloween he made as well, you know, and I already knew that, but, you know, just seeing on sight, but, you know, the thing is, why, oh, why was this man let near the Halloween franchise, something that was just so incredibly perfect before, Michael Myers and all that, you know, and I mean, come on, seriously, I mean, no, he needs, he needs to just, in my opinion, he needs to just put the hammer down, go to sleep, retire from filmmaking, and you know, really, he's, he's okay at music, I like, I like his music to an extent, and it's, it's really amazing. And, and Beavis and Butthead do America. They use his art for the desert sequence where Beavis hallucinates. I think Butthead hallucinates too in that. But he was incredibly just, he's an incredibly talented artist. Uh, he's, and they claim that he's a visionary. A visionary of what when it comes to films, I don't know. But it's not a vision that I myself look at and say, oh, I could get on board with that because honestly, I can't. I just can't. That's, like, impossible. Next to impossible for me. And all these remakes are coming out, you know. Why make remakes? Why? You know, and I think it's because Hollywood and the entertainment industry in general is starved for some original material, some good material, something that can pop and make a difference. So it can make a huge impact on something like maybe The Saw or The Grudge did, you know. Those were two incredibly successful franchises uh, The Grudge. We actually had this guy uh, in my school named Daniel. He would actually um, 
was so inspired by that. He was a very talented artist. He ended up doing the uh, the Grudge as a comic in the high school paper. And the high school I attended, uh, Burke Burnett High School. Really, go Bulldogs. Class of 99, and we've lost some people from the class of 99 over the years uh, who are no longer with us. I've not attended either reunion. Not my 10, not my 20. I don't even know if my 20's come up yet. I'm like, it probably has, it's come and gone. Yeah, it has actually 20. 20 years uh, has come and gone since I have attended high school. It actually 22 years right now. I was not the most popular in high school, I'll admit. But, you know, I mean, I saw a lot of really talented people uh, like Daniel Chavez and all them come in. A lot of very creative minds, a lot of very interesting people and people that were inspired by the culture of the 90s, including the grunge. And, you know, I don't know what he's doing now, if he's listening. I, I hope you drop me a line. Uh, let me know, like on the page 666 Shock Avenue. But really, honestly, I just wonder how he's doing because he was such a talented artist. I kind of wonder if he broke out into anything huge after high school. So Daniel, if you're listening, drop me a line, dude. Um, I'd like to hear from you. So anyway, uh, with that being said, um, The Grudge um, was successful. Saw was successful. Uh, Jigsaw, the mysterious guy, uh, behind the recordings, with that puppet on the tricycle. I mean, that was gold. Now, Rob Zombie's Halloween films are not gold. I'm sorry, but they're not. And as a matter of fact, I didn't even watch Three from Hell. I didn't even watch 13. Anything with Rob Zombie's name on it is kind of not on my list of things to watch as a priority. It's just not, and I'm going off on a tangent. I know I am, but uh, there was a, a piece that was posted on their website three days ago. It's out Stay Home, Watch Horror, and Five Horror Movies stream this week as Spotlight Trick or Treaters. So as you know, this is the month of fright as I, as I have already said at the beginning of the podcast. And if I can get it on my screen without saying, Oh yeah, um, just hold on a minute, you know, Paige isn't responding, God, I hate this thing. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, you gotta admit, the horror franchise, uh, I can think of a lot of different fixations on things. One thing I never stop to think about are the, um, the movies that <coughs> are, uh, focusing on trick-or-treaters. Uh, there was one about this lady who uh, actually made candies from um, children or something that she would capture that would come to her door. So anyway, uh, the first movie up, uh, you know, is uh, anything for Jackson. This can be found on Shudder. So uh, this has Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings, who I've never heard of either one. But they're the parents, and they're a well-to-do couple mourning their young grandson's tragic loss. Uh, they're still in deep denial at 
this stage of grief, so they do the practical thing and they turn to Satanism. Wow, already I'm sold on this film because you can't have a good horror film without some good old pentagrams drawn on the walls and, you know, stuff like that. Why am I getting pop-ups? I don't want to join the mailing list, so are you joining the mailing list? Oh my gosh, really? Okay, so, so this is an interesting thing because a couple kidnaps a pregnant woman for their ritual. And they plan to transfer their grandson's spirit into her unborn baby. This has kind of like a, uh, a hint of child's play to it. Because, uh, as you recall, uh, that movie from way, way back in the day, Brad Dorif uh, transfers his spirit as he's gunned down by police into the Chucky doll. So that's what this kind of reminds me of at this moment, but I'm sure it's far from it. So, the uh, novice practitioners, they're novice, which is their second mistake, they unwittingly bust the doors to the spirit world wide open. And what happens when you do that? Very bad things. <laughs> so, the, uh, there is a winter type setting, and um, yeah, the home gets terrorized by ghosts, including one creepy, relentless trick-or-treater. So yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, like, I guess if you're in North Dakota right now, like, uh, Jen, this girl that I dated years ago, she's in North Dakota where they have like nine or ten months of winter and two months of like, no snow on the ground, if they're lucky. So, hi Jen, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a... Sounds like a pretty interesting movie. I mean, I don't have Shudder. I was thinking about checking into it, honestly. But, um, yeah, this this is uh, this has like a child's play type feel to it, where they try to transfer the spirit of their uh, grandson into the unborn baby, which is kind of interesting. Uh, this also has the feel of um, the, uh, the doll craze that's been sweeping. The possessed dolls and all that. So yeah, this is probably definitely worth looking at. You know, one thing they probably say is, "Well, we shouldn't have done that. Now should we?" You know, this one trick or treater won't leave us alone, and our home is now a portal to the underworld with all kinds of things in it. They're supposed to be in the underworld, and uh, they're in our home. Uh, this next one, I have seen it. Tales of Halloween. Now you can see this on AMC Plus, Roku, which I have, Shudder, which I don't have, Tubi, which I have on the Roku, and Voodoo, which I also have on the Roku. So AMC Plus, Roku, Shudder, Tubi, and Voodoo. Tales of Halloween. Wow. This is a very, very amazing, amazing film. Um... The holiday themed anthology assembles 10 segments that create various aspects of Halloween. Few of them take on different approaches to trick or treating, even through revenge or mischievous little devils in disguise, but it's not hard to follow. For the adorable alien comes earth partake in the holiday in Mike Mendez's Friday the 31st. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one. And I, the one I'm thinking of, this kid gets bullied and stuff, and he ends up luring him to the home, and there's like this book or something. 
and he ends up like all these pumpkins are just kind of like controlling things or something. I don't know. Anyway, but I think that's the same one, but it's told differently in this whole thing. I may have to rewatch it. I think I will. It's a good movie. I do. Number three, Halloween for the Return of Michael Myers, AMC Plus, and Shudder, which I have neither. If you donate to Patreon, maybe I could have it, but I'm not going to beg. Anyway, so you could swap out multiple entries of the Halloween franchise for this one, by the way. Um, Halloween is probably one of the uh, greatest franchises out there. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, the opening of Halloween 4 sets the mood with stunning views of the fall landscape centers around a little girl that wanted nothing more than go trick-or-treating. Instead, guess what she ends up doing? She spends Halloween night fleeing in terror from none other than who? Her uncle, Michael Myers. Yeah, he's basically chasing her around, terrorizing her. Yeah. Yeah. So, next up, we have something that is just totally just awesome. I love 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 this franchise night of the demons you can see this on imdb tv uh roku has the imdb tv app on it and night of the demons is something i remember seeing quite often in the video stores while i was a kid and i was always like man you know that looks really cool you know and so um, this this was a really amazing movie. I loved it from start to finish. Basically, these teenagers get together at this abandoned funeral home on Halloween night and party it up. And they unleash demonic mayhem. Go figure, right? Goth Queen Angela might steal the crown for this year's Halloween favorite. But the epilogue offers a frightening take on a common urban legend. Razor blades stuffed in apples. Hang around there, right? So, yeah, you remember all the like. I remember when I was going trick or treating when I was a kid in the eighties. That was like forty years ago, forty years ago. You know, and they would always say, "Well, you know, you know, they stuff razor blades and apples when you take a bite, you know, blah blah blah." And you know, it's really bad to inspect all the candy, and then they lace some with LSD and all this stuff. You know, so it's pretty. Um, I think what the urban legends is they can either turn out to be true or they can remain in fictitious legend status. But some of them have actually been quite true. Same with some conspiracy theories have actually been quite true. The uh, also the thing about the guy in the back seat or something, or like if you're driving down the road and you get brighted and like the gun behind you in traffic is like laying on a sworn. That means they see someone trying to kill you and all that. I don't know. I always check my rear view like about 50 to 60 times per trip. No joke. And it's not because of that, it's just because, you know. I just really check my rear view a lot. But supposedly, if you have that happen to you on the road, then someone's in your backseat and they're about to kill you and you don't know it and they're trying to warn you. 
This is a, this next one, uh, why is this? Well, this is actually number five. Uh, AMC Plus, Hulu, Canopy, Pluto TV, Prime Video, and Tubi. I remember seeing this on Pluto, I believe. It's called, We Need to Talk About Kevin. I know nothing of this film other than what I am reading at this very moment off of um, Lenny Disgusting website. So this one is a meditative, unsettling, slow burn about a mother growing increasingly more, increasingly more unnerved by her sociopathic son. Now that sounds like a winner in and of itself. Definitely something that would just grip you to the screen, you know, and all that. So, uh, Kevin, who is played by Ezra Miller, I'm gonna check this movie out for real. Uh, he commits a horrible act at school. More of a reason to watch. His mother, Eva, uh, who is played by Tilda Swinton, reflects on their complicated relationship throughout his life. So much so that she finds herself downright terrified on Halloween night and pounding on the door by trick-or-treaters cause her a cower in fear. We Need to Talk About Kevin isn't your conventional horror movie, but it chills to the bone. I would say hit the golden buzzer on that. Yes, just yes. Actually, I don't know, that's like stealing from another show. I would say hit the black button with the red glowing thing in the center on this one because that's definitely something that I need to check out. And it looks like a very amazing, amazing uh, film. And we need to talk about Kevin. I will definitely check that out. You should too. AMC Plus, Hulu, Canopy, Pluto TV, Prime Video, and Tubi. And if you go Roku, then you can pretty much download all these apps into your Roku. It's pretty cool. I love my Roku. I love it, love it, love it. So yes, that is, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Actually, that is five horror movies to stream this week. So get to it. For real. Finally, I would like to uh, just kind of uh, shoot the breeze for just a minute. Um, I don't know how many people of you are fans of the Psychopathic Music franchise, uh, but the uh, group Insane Clown Posse or ICP as their nonviolent J is retiring and uh, citing heart uh, issues, cardiac issues. And so, you know, this makes me a little upset because I do like listening to them. I don't know if you can tell or not, but you know, like, it's funny. It's funny the way they put things, you know, um, like the song Mr. Happy and, um, you know, I like the sound. I like the overall feel of the whole thing. So, you know, I love it. And of course, I started listening to Twisted and Ouija Mac, etc., etc. Well, it's a good franchise, but unfortunately, Violent J is um, going to be retiring. And I know this makes a lot of people upset. And he laid the way for a lot of good things. Um, both he and Shaggy Too Dope really did 
a lot to push that scene from unknown to household name. Just, you know, people are into it just know they're like the most hated band in America and all that. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's really disheartening to hear that somebody who has been in the business for well over 40 years, I think, is just, you know, kind of, or almost 40, somewhere in there. He's been in the business for a while, and to have him retire and to lose half of the Insane Clown Posse is, quite frankly, uh, a big disappointment. But, you know, we're grateful um, for all that we have seen from them. And, you know, it's really interesting. Um, it's been a really interesting career for them. There's been a lot of controversy. Of course, the um, Juggalos have been really picked on and stuff, and it's labeled a gang and stuff. So, um, but yeah, definitely watch uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. That's your homework. That is your duty as a listener of 666 Shock Avenue. Without a doubt, you need to glue your face to your TV or computer, whichever you watch those outlets on. Get a rope do though, for real. Those things are awesome. Um, but yeah, we need to talk about Kevin. And next time, I think I will probably be discussing that movie and if it was as good as they said it was, you know? And also, uh, you know, uh, also I want to know what you think is a underrated horror sequel that has uh, been overlooked no matter what it, no matter what genre it is, if it's a zombie, slasher, vampire, whatever, uh, or just like senseless violence, blood and gore, uh, to something, maybe a cult classic, or something you think should have had a sequel, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I think that should have been a very, uh, I think they should have had a sequel to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Maybe they did. And I am just now thinking of it. Uh, also, um, I have to say that there's a... There is a... Uh, book coming out. At least I think it's a book. Of course it's a book. It says book in the title. I'm so silly sometimes. So, this comes from DenverHorror.com. This is the last thing I'll cover. I'll probably just close out the show soon. But it's called The Jewish Book of Honor. And the thing is, the dreidel drops this Hanukkah. Definitely, definitely have to check that out. I need to start checking out other authors as well. Uh, because... Uh, if I want others to check out my stuff, 
which you can find on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and Woo. So if you just simply go on there, enter my name, Clint Lutringer, L-U-T-T-E-R-I-N-G-E-R, and just put Barnes and Noble or Woo or Amazon, and just go in, have a look. You know, I realize that I haven't exactly hit my, uh, I haven't exactly hit the gold mine yet, but I am trying to regroup on things. I'm trying to also uh, kind of take a step back and focus on other endeavors such as music projects as well as recording a course, a video course, that will help uh, non-speakers of English speak English. And um, I'll be concentrating on that for a while. And then, of course, November I'll be participating in NaNoWriMo Month, National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. It happens every November from the 1st until the end of November, which I don't know how many days are in November. What is it like? 30 or something. Yeah, 30 days November. So, um, of course. So, the first, which is on Monday, which I'm going to get back on a work schedule at that point, an actual work schedule, and get up around maybe 5 a.m., 6 a.m., just like I used to. Make me a cappuccino, uh, sigh, roll my eyes, grunt. Like, or, you know, why? Why am I awake right now? This is not cool. But, you know, I mean, I think if I'm going to concentrate on such a big project that's going to involve roughly a hundred hours of editing time on video, then I probably need to get an early bird mindset for that deal. So much to do, so little time to do it. And I have to be honest with you right now. I am suffering from a very huge case of insomnia on a regular basis. I cannot sleep worth anything. So it's to the point to where, you know, it's really getting to me. So yes, the uh, Denver Board Collective will present the Jewish Book of Honor and uh, features uh, the writings of uh, Daniel Brown, Ken Goldman, Elena um, Comel, or Comel, C-O-M-E-L, and 19 more authors. I'm thinking about getting in with uh, some of these websites like um, that do these anthologies and stuff. And I was thinking about trying my hand at that, and I'm also thinking about writing for one of my favorite podcasts, Nocturnal Transmissions, um, Kristen Holland, the voice actor. He's Australian, he's totally amazing. He, you know, you should really check out their podcast and listen to the Telltale Heart, where he really, his genius is really expressed at that point. Uh, my second favorite one by them is Rapture. And I'd have to say probably that is like the most favorite one because it's so complex and so it's like over an hour long, but it's so worth the hour. Um, 
it's oh gosh it's something else just check it out nocturnal transmissions their website nocturnaltransmissions.com.au and yeah it's a really good website i'm going to write something relatively soon and send it off to them so you might hear and mispronounce my last name probably but he's pretty uh everyone pretty much does unless i have a repeat after me session on every syllable because well, it's a complicated last name to pronounce just by looking at it which is fine you know it's all good but yeah um i do hope to have that in their hands asap and whenever they choose to run it Kristen sounds like a really nice guy who gives pretty much anyone who's making an effort or anyone who is aspiring and needs exposure he strikes me as someone who would give them a chance no matter what and he's a really great guy uh, very talented check out his IMDB page CR or K-R-I-S-T-I-N and then Holland like country Holland um, K-R-S K-R-I-S-T-I-N why can't I spell that but yeah he's, he's really it's, it's just awesome uh, anyway so that is all that I have really to tell you today remember we need to talk about Kevin go watch that film I'd recommend Pluto TV where they have a bunch of things on there a bunch of things they even have their own like little uh, personal TV network thing they have like Asylum um, Terror uh, Crime they even have like channels devoted to shows like uh, Baywatch um, I don't know if it's Deal or No Deal us on there as well but a lot of really good stuff on there so yes it's been a pleasure having you along don't forget the Jewish Book of Honor dropping this Hanukkah the dreidel will drop this Hanukkah featuring 22 authors and uh, definitely check it out support your indie authors support people that I've mentioned in this podcast such as VA Green very very good guy uh, nice guy he's helped me out uh, with a few questions I've had about hey what do you use to like resize the cover of a paperback etc etc he's always been nice and everything he's a really nice guy too and, uh, so that's it for this edition of 666 Shock Avenue uh, we do have a new announcer happy to have him and he used to work for the local Domino's Pizza and became disgruntled and recluse off for a good many years and is now resubmersed on this show and I plan to probably use him across the board my other two podcasts so until next time uh, Remember, check out We Need to Talk About Kevin. Check out the Jewish Book of Honor dropping this Hanukkah. And don't forget to tell me what 
movies you thought deserved a sequel and what movies you think need a sequel. And also, I want you to also let me know on the Facebook page, 666 Shock Avenue, what you think deserves a sequel even now. And also whether you think Rob Zombie needs to hit the bricks or keep doing what he's doing. Either way, your opinion's your opinion. I have my own. Till next time, take care. Facebook at 666 Shock Avenue. This show is sponsored by DVDs, Games, and More in Lawton, Oklahoma, and Heritage Plaza located in Vintage Edition. Email us realmofbangers at mail.com. Become a Patreon and adventurous insanity. All material recorded and finalized at 61366 Studios, located in Lawton, Oklahoma. All research conducted by Straight Jacket for Two Productions. Your host has been Clint. This has been a production of Straight Jacket for Two Productions. Copyright 2021.